common sense. It's not so common anymore. That's why we need Scott Inez more than ever. It's time for Inez Says. Hello and welcome back to the Inez Says Podcast. I am Scott Inez. I appreciate you being here as usual. You can find the podcast there in Apple Podcasts. You can find it in Spotify. You can also find it right there in the WDBO app on demand for free. And I'm also on the radio each and every morning. I invite you to join me for Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO, 107.3 FM and AM 580 here in O-Town, outside of Orlando. Check us out right there in the WDBO app. Well, it's a Tuesday morning. It's August 30th as I'm taping this podcast right now. And earlier this morning on Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez on WDBO, I had the opportunity to have new Orlando Police Chief Eric Smith on the show with me. Chief Smith was sworn in last week as the 40th police chief in OPD history. He takes over for Orlando alone. So one of the questions I asked Chief Smith was this one, and the response was surprising to say the least. What do you look at, Chief, as your stiffest challenges for you and the department as you go forward here? I think, of course, one of the biggest ones is violent crime. Uh, Violent crime, of course, has gone up. We've got to change that, be more proactive. But I also think recruitment is major. We are 80 80 officers short, and we've got to, you know, fill all those slots, but also start growing the department as Orlando grows. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, post-George Floyd, law enforcement has been under a red-hot spotlight. And we've done stories, Chief, about entire police departments in smaller towns just up and quitting. It just happened over in Melbourne Village last week. It's a problem all over the nation. And I know, I mean, as you just said, it's a problem right here with OPD as well. Yes, it is. And one of those kind of things that we have to do, we got to keep our officers happy, keep them in a, in a great working environment. Of course, make sure their pay is competitive and all the things that make people want to come to work. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and we've heard that from teachers as well, pay being competitive. We've also heard the term respect from teachers as well. Do you see overall post-George Floyd, do you see a, a lack of respect for the law enforcement profession out there, especially over the last couple of years, Chief? I think it is. Orlando's a little bit different just because I think we have a good relationship with our community, but I think it does play a role in it. So again, Chief Smith of Orlando saying that he is 80 officers short right now at Orlando Police. That's eight zero officers short in a department that typically employs over 800 law enforcement officers. Now, what Orlando is experiencing right now is just the tip of the iceberg. As a matter of fact, while speaking to about 100 law enforcement officials last week in Washington, D.C., National Fraternal Order of Police President Patrick Yo's sounded the alarm during the Faith in Blue conference declaring, I want to signal a crisis related to the mass exodus that we are seeing for law enforcement officers throughout the country. So we called Joe Cardinal for some insight here on the Inez Says podcast. Joe is very well known. He's a retired New York Police Department lieutenant commander. And I start by asking Joe this question. We talked with the new Orlando Police Chief Eric Smith earlier this morning, and he told us that he has 80 openings, right? 80 vacancies for officers within the Orlando Police Department right right now. That, to me, was an eye-popping number to me, but I'm sure it's a number that is not surprising to you though, Joe. It's absolutely not surprising to me because the the mass exodus that is occurring across this country right now 
is just, re, you know, uh, a reflection of where politics have taken policing today. I mean, the cops get up in the morning. We used to get up. I'll, I'll take it back to my time, you know, ancient times. You know, we used to use chariots <laughs> and everything. All right. But uh, all kidding aside, I mean, we would get up and we knew what our job was today. I told my guys we're going to go out there today and we're going to do this. We're going to do that. That doesn't happen any longer. They get up. They don't know what the job is because politics dictates what happens in policing today. And that's wrong. Mm -hmm. What happens in policing should be reflective of the community they serve. And that's it. So uh, I think once the politicians realize that eventually there's going to be some kind of bond again between the community and the police, they're going to have to respond to the police to get those votes back. Yeah. Right. But right now, with the fentanyl coming across the border and everything, they're going to need every able body out there to fight this battle and they're losing the people to fight the battle and the the people should be scared the voters should be scared well i i think everybody's finding out that that defund the police nonsense was exactly that a few years ago it was nonsense and in some cases here joe We've seen entire police departments in small towns like what happened in Melbourne Village here in Central Florida last week. They all up and quit. It happened in North Carolina a few weeks ago. Why is it? Is it all politics? Is it because we expect way too much from these guys to be not only law enforcement, but also psychologists and psychiatrists and mentors? Do do we expect too much from these people? You know, Scott, we always wore so many hats being police officers, and we never asked You know, the only thing we wanted was to do our job, do our job the way, you know, we were trained to do our job and to get paid for it accordingly and have our pension and retire, hopefully retire and, uh, you know, live a nice long life and everything. But those those times are gone because you you hit it on the head. You ask so much of the police to do it. You ask them to do so much in an environment where they're demonized. All right. So it's like, I don't care that you got kicked down yesterday. I don't care. We went to 20 riots yesterday. You're going to get out there and you're going to do this today and you're going to do it the way we say to do it. And the cops are like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What happened to me going out there and getting the guns off the street? What happened to me going out there getting drugs off the street? No, that's on the back burner because a politician wants this done. Politics should stay out of policing. Mm -hmm. All right. And let the communities do the pol- you know tell the police officers this is what we want you to do and everything you're not going to please everybody we know that that's been going on for centuries all right but you are going to get the majority who want you out there doing the job that you were trained to do but let me give you an example new york city they took the indemnification away from the police officers in other words i go out there and i do the job according to the way i was trained and i do it 100 percent across every every t and dot every i and some city councilman says, nope, I don't like the way he did it. Now your job's in jeopardy and you don't have that indemnification. They took it away. Who's going to do that job? Any Nobody. That's why the academy classes across the country are so low and the recruitment. And when you do finally get somebody to take the job, you better be careful who you're putting on the job because you really are scraping the bottom of the barrel in a lot of these cities. Joe, I know that the FOP president, Patrick Yo sounded the alarm last week there in Washington when he said, I want to signal a crisis. So what is it going to take for the numbers to go back up? Is it as simple as politicians getting out of the way here? I mean, what's it going to take for those numbers to go back up again? You know, Scott, I think you're right. It, it will take politicians stepping back from their party and people stepping outside their party lines and say, you know, enough is enough. I'm not voting for this person because you're so far to the left against policing, which is our first line of defense. But you're right. The politicians should stay out of it. 
And over here in a place like New York City, the mayor should not be able to uh, control the police commissioner who has to do their job. Let the police commissioner say, I know what needs to be done. I don't care what I have to do. I want my community safe. Mr. Mayor, step back. Let me do my job. That's what has to happen. We have to have a complete turnaround in this country. And I'm not talking about bad cops. You know, that's a different subject. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about good cops wanting to do their jobs. Why wouldn't you back them up? It's the same thing as backing up our soldiers when they have to go into battle. All right. Let's do that. Let's back the cops up. And it's not where just wear the shirt back to blue. Let's get out there and really back to blue and show these politicians that no matter what party you belong to, you want the first line of defense back in this country, which is law enforcement. Otherwise, our kids are going to pay the price for this for years. Much appreciation to former New York Police Department Lieutenant Commander Joe Cardinal for appearing on the Inez Says podcast today. That will wrap it up for the podcast. Make sure you join me on the radio each and every morning with Orlando's Morning News, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time.